Welcome to the 10 for 10. So not to be the bearer of bad news, but to be the bearer of not good news, Alex is probably not going to be on the program for a while. There was something involving <clears throat> uh, puppies, orphans, fires, and tall buildings, and we're not going to get into that any further for fear of having to get called into something we don't want to get called into. So I'm going to pivot us. Derek, I want to ask a question. You live in Portland, kind of the say more politically correct than the rest of America, if you would agree. I'll accept your premise just for the sake of the question. Yeah. Love it. Yeah, let's just do that. So you probably haven't got this far in louder milk and I'm not going to spoil any any of the any of the context for where this comes from, but there is a scene where one of my favorite characters says to another are there any room in those skinny jeans for a pair of balls? Will that be not well received by a fair portion of the population, or can I just call that funny? I mean, in this day and age, it, it, it may not fly, but at some point you just have to set up your own standard and say, whatever the blowback is, I'm just going to roll with it. If it's a great line, you just keep writing it. If you got critics, you got critics. It's okay. And if I can't say, I just wish Alex uh, all the best. Rumor has it he was trying to cook some breadsticks, but I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. <laughs> also, very, very good uh, uh, in, introduction of the, the blowback comment in there based on that question. So good job there, Derek. <laughs> As planned, yes. All right, we won't let this get us down, though, will we, Steve? No, I I am uh, I'm feeling pretty good tonight. I'm juiced up on coffee, and I'm ready to rock and roll. I love it. So uh, next year in our league, uh, we've got uh, good old J Dot, who is uh, playing right now as we speak, as we're taping uh, live here Thursday night. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts, all available. The top three quarterbacks, uh, one would say. How would you rank them at this point? I probably got some bias because he's been on my roster for three years, but I'm always going to rank Patrick Mahomes first. I think, um, if nothing else, I trust Andy Reid. I think the offense tends to be more pass first. Um, so I think that's number one. Uh, I think Jay Dot is number two for similar reasons. Uh, Jalen Hurts is three. Again, this isn't a knock on Jalen Hurts. I just think it's that, uh, Philadelphia maybe, I think Philadelphia is more prone prone to run in game neutral scripts than the other two teams. So I think it caps his upside compared to the other two. So that's where I land on it. Stop making damn sense, will you? <laughs> Derek, what about you? Yeah, I think Mahomes is a clear number one. And I think number two depends if they're going to ban the one yard rugby butt sneak, whatever they call that. Push, push. The push, push. Uh, push, push. Yes. Thank you. If that stays, I might take Hertz. Um, I'm just a little annoyed with Allen as he just threw an interception and I have missed my starting QB in one of my leagues. So 
there could be some pre- present bias right now, but um, my my first reaction is Hertz number two. I would take any. I, I think we can all agree. I would take any one of those guys um, on my team next year. Uh, I think uh, the difference is going to be small enough that it, I'd be happy with any of them. Uh, number two. So, Derek, who is the first non-quarterback then that should be drafted next year, and when would you draft them? So I think Hill would be available next year? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, well, I think from based on – Taking a quarterback last year, number one. Well, I guess I'm going to have Herbert probably as my keeper. So I would take uh, I would take Hill very early. Um, you know, I think I think he'd be a top five pick. So we got those three. So yeah, four or five Hill. You'd take him over Justin Jefferson. Um. I think next year is Hill's last season. He said he's only going to play, was only going to play two more years to the end of his contract. So I think he's going to go out with a bang. I think he's going to continue with what he's doing. And so I'd give him a very slight nod over Jefferson. What about you, Steve? I think I'm going to stay with the Justin Jefferson camp. I mean, how do you, I mean, you can't put down the idea of Tyreek Hill first. I think it's, for me, it's more about, um, the metrics have shown repeatedly that after a 2,000-yard season, um, inevitably everybody falls off. I think there have been like one or two exceptions, whether it's rushing um, or receiving, getting close to that 2,000-yard mark. So I think it just takes a toll, and there's some regression to the norm. So I would still take him in the top five, but I think the youth of Justin Jefferson, um, I'm going to stay in that camp, and I would take him fourth behind the three that we just talked about, quarterbacks. Uh, all right, so who's the top running back then? Ooh, you're gonna keep Bijan. Uh, I would okay. like to. I would like to, but <laughs> if he has any more headaches, I might. Uh, no, we'll get to that later. <laughs> um, if you don't keep Bijan, then yes, he would be number one. If you okay. do keep Bijan, I think I'm. I'm not. CMC is going to be at the age where I'm just going to tap out. So I think I would go Jonathan Taylor, but I'm going to tell you, I don't feel, I feel pretty gross about any answer I'm going to give you to that question. What about you, Derek? Yeah, I think I, I'd stick with McCaffrey for another year, but I think I do agree that it's, it's, uh, it's not great options at that point. Uh, as, as much as I'm ready to move away from a no running back strategy, since that has not served me well, uh, I do need to, uh, I need to consider it taking a decent running back next year. But, uh, yeah, I, I'll just stick with McCaffrey. I, I, real quick, I do want to say it's not a guy to take number one, but a guy who's going to – I'm going to be really high on next year is Tajay Spears out in Tennessee. I think that Derrick Henry won't mm-hmm. be there in, uh, oh. in a small sample size. He's looked pretty fantastic. So yeah, Tennessee likes to run, and he's good looking. There's rumors that uh, Derrick Henry may not be there at the end of this season. So <laughs> we'll just have to see. Um, so, Steve, you might have to give a little context on, on number three here because yeah. I did not uh, see this, but uh, Derek Carr got noticeably upset last Thursday uh, during the game. Um, so what does that do for you from a fantasy perspective? I don't know that it moves the needle much for me because Derek Carr has been dead to me since December 25th, 2017. <laughs> However, um, 
it does make me a little concerned about Chris Olave and Michael Thomas. Like it was, I don't know how much of it you got to watch, but basically whenever something would go on and a pass wasn't completed, he was just being very demonstrative uh-huh. and the suggestion being that it's not his fault. Ergo, that means it has to be the other person's fault, which is his wide receiver. And I'm not a professional quarterback, but I don't think you make your money um, by putting your wide receivers down unless I don't think Patrick Mahomes would pull something like that. And I mean, because he's the best, not because he's a jerk. So I don't know. It, it makes me a little nervous for Michael Thomas and Chris Olave. What about you, Derek? I mean, you, you are a little more neutral on number four than I am. Um, I mean, I would just say I like him slightly more than you, which is not saying very much since he's been dead, dead to you for some time. Uh, so I would just put my money on everything going south and everything collapsing uh, with the Saints. So, uh, yeah, I, don't, I would not have any stock in the Saints right now. And and for those uh, new listeners out there, uh, just to give you a little insight on, on Steve here, um, if Tom Brady in his second year as quarterback for the Patriots lost Steve the fantasy football championship by a half a point, uh, he would refuse to draft or play Tom Brady for the rest of his career. So, um, yes, do you know? Do not. Quick pause. Like both, you're right, and it's just nice to be known by your friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, getting to another quarterback who hasn't quite uh, drawn the ire of Stephen yet, uh, Desmond Ritter. Uh, he's had 900 yards passing in the last three games. But six turnovers. Uh, so which way are you leaning there? What, what status is he more like, Derek? You know, I think we talked about that trio. There's, what, three or four guys that are – it's their first run as starting quarterbacks. You got Jordan Love uh, – sorry, Redskins. How? Sam How? Sam How. Yeah. So all of these guys, they just – there's flashes of looking like they have potential, but I'm not seeing any consistent body of work. So uh, I guess I'm kind of selling on guys tonight, but I'm 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 not buying it. I, from what I've seen of Ritter, he uh, has not come anywhere near close to winning me over, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Well, my my 2026 20, second round pick uh, disagrees with you, Steve. What do you think? <laughs> I can't quit you, Desmond Ritter. <laughs> I think if you believed in Desmond Ritter this year, you've seen enough to continue to believe, as I do. And if you did not come into this season having high hopes of Desmond Ritter, I think that you have not had a reason to change your mind. I think what is keeping my hope is that it felt like the concerns for him initially were not a lot of pocket presence, um, not making some good throws with the deep ball and being in a low-octane offense. Clearly, the last one is still there, but it it is better. They are doing more than throwing the ball 29 times a game like they did last year with Marcus Mariota. Um, But I think what's been interesting is he's slinging the ball, and he's looked good. He's had a couple of deep balls, which felt like that was a scarlet letter. Um, The turnovers, they certainly bother me, and it's part of the reason I traded you for Desmond Ritter. Uh, Actually, I think – Honestly, is partially for the the paradox effect of I would rather him be good for you than bad for me. So, I've seen, like, 
and, and we may not like the three turnovers, and it may not be good that they happened in the red zone, but that also means that they had seven drives that got into the red zone against a, a not terrible Tampa defense. So, Derek, you're right. Flashes, enough to keep me interested, but I cannot fault anybody who's like, eh, I don't think I'm there yet or I'm anywhere close to there yet. Yeah, I mean, I'd be lying if I w- said I wasn't concerned about the turnovers, but in the same vein, 900 yards passing, some of those throws, uh, consistent. They're trusting him with the ball more. That's harder to teach, uh, borderline. You need to just have that talent to begin with. Um, a lot of rookie quarterbacks have a lot of turnovers at the beginning. That, that you can coach out of him. So I, I'm with you in that camp. Oh my God. No, go ahead, Derek. I'll follow. No, I think with Ritter, I I may just have really bad timing. Just every time I tune in, I just don't like what I see. So I don't know if I need to like get on YouTube and do uh, a highlight reel or something. Like, uh, it might only be a couple of minutes long, but I should maybe do that. Maybe just watch when they're in the twenties and don't worry about the red zone stuff. Oh, there you go. Good idea. Yeah. But quick side note, like. We we are blessed, quite frankly, in the NFL. We just watch some amazing catches every week. But I will tell you, even in that stratosphere, did you guys see that Kyle Pitts catch last week? Like running oh. sideways, has to reach behind with his left hand and grab the throw. I mean that that might have been one of the best ones I've seen in some time. And and he did it so smoothly. Yes, you had to watch it in slow motion multiple times to see what he actually did. Yeah, no, that was that was really cool. No, that's it, Lucas. That was the thing. Like it was just like he was grabbing a ball that hit him right in the numbers. There was just such a fluidity to it. So impressive. Yep. Okay, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna YouTube it. Clearly, I have no idea what's going on with the Falcons this year, so I missed it. I'm checking it out. Well, no. while you're looking, one thing you don't have to look up: Young Way Koo is still awesome. Oh, that was awesome. He he's staying on my roster for one more week, Steve. But he better step <laughs> it up. <laughs> He's about to be cut. So stick, sticking with the Falcons and um, sticking with headaches. No, bad segue. What the hell, Bijan? Like, way to, like, just to- totally take a dump on all fantasy owners, right? Uh, okay. I hope he's feeling okay. I'm sure it was probably very smart to not play him. But, man, what the heck happened there, Steve? What are your thoughts? Honestly, I'm surprised the NFL isn't dropping more of a hammer on this thing. Like, as I understand it, he said he wasn't feeling good Sunday. Like, I don't know the specifics, but headache-related symptoms and feeling off. And as a guy who deals with vertigo, I can have all the respect in the world for that. And then it was slightly better, but not good enough on Sunday, which is probably why he suited up and took, I think it took 10 snaps, but actually touched the ball once. But I am really, the NFL is, it just feels really shady. Like, they're pushing gambling. They also talk about the integrity of the game. You have to have an injury report every Friday, but this guy who is your best running back, one of the best running backs in the league, like he says that he didn't play because he wasn't feeling good, and they're going to get no consequences for holding that back from the league. And people who are making bets on something like this, it's very confusing. Yeah, I think this was a, a very serious violation. I, th- I think he, Arthur Smith should be fined like 10% of his salary for, for what he did here. Like I do a last minute check at like 9.57 my time just to make sure that there's no last minute changes. Uh, they, they need to abide by the, uh, league 
policies and just general, you know, consideration of uh, all uh, football fans. I don't expect them to cater everything to the fancy football fans, but, uh, you know, I think there's an integrity issue here and uh, they, they should be uh, heavily fined, punished for this to uh, set a precedent so other coaches don't follow. You know, I, I, I always like to give people... Just one second, oh. just one second. Yeah. sorry, let me cut in, but like, you talked about something there and like, I think what makes it even grosser to me is like, in all honesty, fantasy football is the extent of my gambling. Like, I don't do, like, any other things. I just think if I got my nose into that, I'd be in all sorts of trouble, so stay out. But the reason I bring it up, I know a lot of times there are some casinos, some books, or whatever they call them, like, like if, if he had not t- had a single touch all game long, they might have just gone ahead and, like, canceled the bet for anybody who put money out there and just said, hey, whatever happened, just a way of building goodwill in the future. But because he touched the ball one time, at the end, when it didn't matter, like that would have negated that. Like it just feels like another thing that feels pretty dirty about this whole situation. And sorry to cut you off, but that was just really that stuck out for me. Yeah, um, and I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, right? And so it was okay. Well, maybe like Saturday night he started not feeling well, and he thought he'd maybe try Sunday, and and, and maybe he started through warmups and tried, and I was like, well, maybe I could. I'm here for an emergency, whatever, you know, but. Halftime, like the announcers noticed it, the reporters noticed it. They tried to get information out of halftime, and Atlanta at that point didn't say anything about what was going on. Nobody knew what was going on. Um, like half, okay, obviously you're not playing them in the first half. Halftime, hey, what's going on with Bijan? Oh, he's been having issues with a headache, but that didn't even come out either. So that's that's the shady part to me as well. So. I don't know. Uh, so, and when I was uh, first and second quarter, I was, you know, Googling Bijan Robinson to see what was going on. And uh, the amount of vitriol toward Arthur Smith, <laughs> what no one knew, it was like, you kind of felt like maybe his life was in jeopardy and he uh, needed some extra security going into the locker room at halftime. But uh, yeah, it would have been nice if they could have given us some kind of heads up at any point uh, before the game started. All right, Derek, so you live on the West Coast. You live in a state without a professional NFL football team. Uh, Correct. Who, who is the team that you follow? Oh, uh, thanks for asking. So um, growing up, I was a Houston Oilers fan. I was a Warren Moon fan. So they were my team for a long time. And uh, I kind of stopped following a team when Warren Moon retired some 20 years ago. So I kind of... Jumped on the bandwagon for the Seattle Seahawks for a period of time. But there's also a Portland-Seattle rivalry that goes way back to the Seattle Supersonics, Portland Trailblazers. Mm. So I couldn't fully commit to that. So honestly, the only teams that I've been a fan of are my fantasy football teams. And then, like, vicariously, I'll start pulling for the Lions when, you know, to not just to oh, appease. Oh. A piece of the, the, the <laughs> I say you right but, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's, it's very loosely, uh, affiliation okay. there. So like, I kind of, I kind of get excited about certain teams and, but I, I really have no, I have no commitment right now. So the Warren Moon Oilers, those, that was, those were some great teams. They, mm. they made a Super Bowl, didn't they? I, I don't know if they won, but they made, uh, no, they, they would have, They're they would have. 
Oh, sorry. Uh, so I hate Frank. Frank Reich is my least favorite person in the NFL. He seems like a nice guy. I've heard good things about him. Oh, but I think wait. He's a terrible yeah. person. I'm so yeah, sorry. I remember that ever. game now. Yep, I yep. remember that game. Yep. Okay. So I put, but still. 35 to 3, but we'll leave it at that. Yep. They, they made the playoffs. Seahawks, they've, they've made a Super Bowl, right? All this stuff. I need your unfiltered, unbiased, uh, opinion from a, a normal, healthy NFL football fan. What, the Lions last week, we're, you, we've been talking them up all season, five and one, and then they go out and do whatever the hell that was against the Ravens. As Lions fans, as lifelong, decades-long Lions fans, anybody who is not thinking right now, oh, well, that was a nice run, now we suck again, is lying. <laughs> so talk us off the ledge. Tell us why this blowout to a really good, traditionally good Ravens team, great defense at their place. Lamar, who's doing great again, hey, we're not going to lose one game all season. We're going to lose a couple more. This was just one of them. Tell us why we shouldn't be, you know, just turning off the televisions on Sunday anymore. Okay, I think I can help here, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tie this in just early on to the Bobby Lane curse that – I learned about, thanks to uh, listening to the episode uh, last week, or the week, yeah, last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so uh, my understanding is, like, the, the general feeling with this run is that, you know, the curse was broken, thanks maybe in part to Peyton Manning, Jeff Daniels, who, by the way, when I was listening last week, I was like, tell Steve it's the guy from Speed. <laughs> myself. And then at the end of the at the end of the pod, like the guy from Speed. I was like, yes, thank you. So, <laughs> so uh, but like I kind of when I heard Steve say before the season that he wasn't buying it, I believe Steve, and then I started buying in, into the hype. But to, again, to tie this to Bobby Lane, uh, my understanding is the feelings, the concern was that Bobby Lane was back from the dead and was just as pissed off as he was in 1958 when he was traded to the Steelers. I've done, done a little research on this. But um, the, the line that Bobby Lane had was uh, the Lions won't win for another 50 years, right? So simple math will tell you that first actually expired in 2008. because And, and so Lane undershot, like it's been 65 years of franchise futility. <laughs> no offense there. <laughs> Some exceptions, Barry Sanders here. <laughs> so, like, it's, to me, it's kind of unethical for a ghost to not abide by the timelines that get. So, Bobby Lane is on borrowed time, and the, the curse is not real. And if there's anything the movie The Sixth, Sixth Sense taught us is that you do not need to be afraid of ghosts. So, so I don't think that's a thing. I think it was an anomaly. Um, even really good teams just have... Uh, you know, a bad week. Sometimes the NFL is drunk and weird things happen. So uh, I think it could, could be a one-off, and uh, I hope that's the case. All right. All right, Steve. Here's the real test. Here's our true barometer. How do you feel about the Lions after last week? I don't want to follow that brilliance. Um, that was really well put. It doesn't. It doesn't do a whole lot for me. I'm not. 
I'm not too bothered. I'm, I'm disappointed they lost, but I think a couple of things happened. Like, there are just one or two – no, there's more than that. There's two or three games a year, I think, where Lamar Jackson just looks like the best quarterback in the league, and it's not even close. That happened last week. It was just a bad game script. We didn't have our running back who we centered the offense around. We got – we went three and out a lot, but definitely in the first two drives, and just out of the gate it was 14 nothing. We're not built to come back from 14 nothing. We lost on the road to a team that's probably as good or better than us. I think we chalk it up. We move on. I still, I think they're going to beat the Raiders, and they're going to be six and two come Tuesday morning. There you go, folks. Oh, I got one, still good. Uh, one more thing. Yeah. Sorry. Did you guys know that Matt Stafford attended the same high school as Bobby Lane? I heard that yeah. today. Yeah. I never knew that. I knew that. They're both in Texas. Okay. Can't write that stuff. Yep, yep. I just I want to pause. I feel so good about today. Like Derek knows, reference me. I, that's how I'm going to know Jeff Bridges. He was in speed. That's that's exactly how he's doing. <laughs> and then well, Lucas knows. Anyone would be dead to me. So I just want I want Alex's legal situation to resolve so he can come on and just have a true Steveism. Well, we can debate whether or not we bail him out after the show. Okay. <laughs> Hey, all I have to say about this is if if I'm Dan Campbell, if I'm the coach, I'm actually loving this um, because if you're a head coach, you're starting to wonder, are my guys buying into the hype out there from the media and everybody? Do they believe they're this good? And now this is a little bit of a reset, and he's like, good, I have your attention still. Um, so I, from that perspective, I'm I'm thinking – in some ways, he probably enjoyed that, at least privately. So, all right, uh, question eight. We're going to uh, – actually, we're at seven. Sorry, we had skipped one. Um, I'm going to give all the credit in the world to Steve. This is a really intriguing one. This is a good one. So going into the draft, uh, there were three NFL teams uh, with their second wide receiver who was drafted in the top 15. Okay, so Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Miami. So we got T. Higgins, um, J, uh, Devonta Smith, and Jalen Waddell. Um, to date, those receivers are ranked uh, Waddell is 27th, Smith is 37th, T. Higgins is 57th. So does this give you a moment of pause next year before drafting a team's wide receiver two early on in the draft? Um, especially as we probably most likely add two more teams to that mix next year with Minnesota and the Rams with Addison and Puka, uh, respectively. Steve, what do you think? I don't think so. I don't think it, I'm sorry. I think it gives me a moment of pause in that what I've said is I think universally anybody who did draft prep is, would have had the same tier of 15 in our group. I think what would have changed is I would have made these guys some combination of 13, 14, and 15 versus, like, I think I had Chris Olave below these guys and a couple of other folks. But the reality is, like, once we got past this, what we had here is a group of young second, third, fourth-year wide receivers who've shown the ability to be good. This wasn't a speculation ad. So what we got to receivers 16 and after, you had there's Keenan Allen, there's the age risk, there are guys who have been hit or miss in their careers, it didn't feel like there was an obvious replacement so I, or an obvious better guy to pick. So, no, I don't think this is going to do a whole lot except maybe push these guys 
to the bottom of the tier and the Jordan Addison, um, Pukunakua, they probably will live in the top, the bottom of that. But no, I'm not going to totally abandon strategy on this one. Derek. Yeah, I agree. It's a really good question. Um, I was high on all of those guys coming in. I mean, I have, I have everybody but Devonte Smith in, in multiple leagues. Um, but I, I think the point about these guys are, have proven themselves. Um, they have had multiple good seasons. So I feel like it's, um, it's just, uh, well, for me, an unfortunate turn of events that's, a, that's, a, that is particularly Waddle and Higgins. Higgins is, is just, uh, really surprised me. I mean, I think, I think we'll turn it around, but, uh, and that offense is, has been slow to start with the, the Burrow injury. So, um, I feel like there's probably just a combination of circumstances that have led to that. So their, their stock will fall a little bit, but I, I think with a, especially a prolific passing offense, you can have two fantasy star wide receivers. And I, I think it's happened and it will continue to happen. What do you think, Lucas? Um, well, um, as somebody who uh, drafted Addison in one league and picked up Puka on the waiver wire in another, um, I, I've been really happy with them this season uh, and, and would agree that they're probably going to be in the mix with those other three. Um, I look at the other three right now, and I'm trying to think, well, is there anything else that's happened this season? Um and honestly, besides T. Higgins in Cincinnati, uh, you know, with Joe Burrow struggling with kind of an injury early and all that stuff, like everybody on that team struggled, I, I, I don't have a reason why they're that low right now, which does concern me a little bit. Um, you know, it, it seems like Philly is starting to run the ball a little bit more. Um, it just feels like um, A.J. Brown just catches anything Jalen throws to him, so guess where, who, where he's going. Um, so, yeah, it gives me a little bit of pause and probably something to think about. Um, I, I always think about, oh, this guy's a backup running back. Uh, I probably don't want to take him here. I, but I never think about that with wide receivers just because we have to start so many. So, um, yeah, it's... I guess I don't have an answer for you. It's a it's a good question. It's something I got to think about. So, um, but we good news is we um, we actually decided not to wait till the end of the podcast and and we bailed Alex out now. So hey, Alex, welcome. <laughs> hey, Lucas, how's it going? Good. I got a question for you, Alex. Oh, we're gonna, sweet, I love it. Um, we're doing we're trying out a new segment called Alex's Offensive Line. Time to shine. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> okay. Great so, segment. When we have a question for you, Alex, uh, Mr. Yeah. Former Professional Offensive Lineman, uh, when we see the quarterback uh, fumble the snap from under center, is there a way to know if it's more about an error by the quarterback or the center? And what's the percentage of times that it's the quarterback's fault? Um, big thing I like to look at is the consistency of the hand placement of the quarterback. Now, this is actually kind of a weird one, but, like, basically when I first started, the quarterback that I gave the most snaps to really kind of, like, kept his hands, like, up, kind of, like, out of between my crotch. I know this is this is a weird way to explain it, but this is true. He was, like, way back out, right? He was like, man, I'm not touching you. Like, we're dudes, right? So, anyway, <laughs> he got injured one game, and it was the worst game of my life because this quarterback that took his place went all, all the way in. He went deep. <laughs> he kept his hands. 
Like he would, like you know, you know, he would be, you know, touching, you know, where I could feel it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So what I had to do was I had to snap the ball, and I would hit myself in the area every snap. Yeah. So it's really important, and actually, we had to do this when I was in class. I would have to like snap to different quarterbacks, depending on if like just in case they came in. So like there was on the occasion where this guy that would like push it way back, sometimes he'd be too far back. And like really, and he wouldn't even know because again, it's it's a pretty like, sp- like very specific movement, uh-huh. you know. Especially well at my level anyway. NFL it might be different, but like you really have to get used to doing it the same way every time. So if like his hands are two inches off, that's how usually you can tell if it's the quarterback's fault, or if they start pulling their head back a little bit too early and their hands move before the ball gets there. That's the biggest way that you can tell it's the quarterback. Yeah. If it's the center. A lot of the times, try to see if the quarterback looks surprised because it does happen where the center messes up the cadence. I've done that a couple of times. Um, and there are a couple of times, especially when it's wet, where, like, if I'm not lined up correctly, I'll hit the inside of my leg and the ball will turn under my legs a little bit. And that's kind of a way that you can see the center do it, too. That's fascinating. I, I never knew uh, I'd be so fascinated about, you know, hand placements by crotches and going deep. So thank you for yeah, that. Well, I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I'm not kidding. Like, yeah, no, I get it. got hurt after that game, and he fumbled two snaps. Oh! So, it wasn't worth it. I mean, I get it. You see on the sidelines all the time when a new quarterback's coming in, or a new center, actually, it's when a new center is, um, mm-hmm. that the quarterback on the sideline takes snaps from the new center because uh, one got injured. So, um, I figured, figured there was something, but yeah, no, that, that makes total sense. Shotgun though, ninety five percent of the time it's the center's fault. So if that yeah. also helps, I was we we did a lot of under center mostly where I where I played. So yeah, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Steve, okay. any any follow up from that? Yeah, I actually want to get you a link of the Desmond Ritter fumble in the goal in the uh, in the red zone and see kind of what you think. Kind of get a, a live time reaction to it and. Alex, I think you get it now, but honestly, none of us were like mocking your response. It's genuinely oh, no. been very helpful to hear yeah. you talk about these things. Like, particularly last, I think today genuinely was really helpful to hear that. I, these were answers I wasn't expecting last year, last week, when you talked with me about kind of, I did not believe the offensive line needed to be in sync thing. I just thought it was five dudes and it was just kind of announcer speak, but you actually made a compelling argument. So it's really, it's really helpful to hear kind of, no, this is, these are the reasons. I was right. thinking about Kittle, I, and I had more. I was thinking about it later, and there was like one big thing I forgot to mention. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of the time, the big thing about the offensive line is trust, and this is kind of lame. But like a lot of times, you'll see a run like a lineman not focus on somebody and focus on a target because they have to trust the guy on the right is going to get it. And this is what I was trying to get at last week. So you can tell that they're focusing on what they need to. A lot of times, if they don't have that trust, you'll actually see them kind of like look around and look at the different positions when they should be focusing on one. So anyway. All right. Uh, uh, Steve, go ahead and link that in the chat here. I'll pull it up uh, to share with the group. Uh, Derek, you had a thought. Oh, no, I just wanted to second what Steve said. Uh, again, as a fan of the pod, especially the episodes I'm not on, I, I really uh, enjoyed the the breakdown. It was very educational and informative. I do think the nuances of the offensive line are really fascinating. So uh, thank you, Alex, for, for bringing this to the show. Oh, thanks, guys. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look, I can't find the link, so we're yeah. going to have to – I'll get to them differently. At a different time, uh, you can look at it. 
That was going to be so cool. We could do everything live and show that we knew what we were doing, but oh well. Uh, so Derek, what, what caught your attention last week, uh, during the games? Is there anything that comes to mind that you were either pleasantly surprised about or concerned about or what, what caught your attention? Yeah, the aforementioned Jordan Addison, I thought that was maybe his coming out party. Uh, so I have him in one league, but I'm just, uh, and I think we were talking about he might becoming quickly the number, you know, an elite receiver will be the number two guy, of course, for as long as Justin Jefferson is around. But um, uh, I think we've seen that he's had the talent and then like they were playing Osborne more than him. He, we knew his reps were going to bump up, but uh, but he, he does look like he's a star on the rise. Uh, but the other quick thing was, this is the more selfish one, is that I think my my sixth iteration of running back maybe has the potential to to land as I started Deontay Freeman. Foreman. Foreman? I don't know. I'm on my sixth one. I can't even remember, keep track of, of all of them. But he actually had a really nice game, three touchdowns for me. Uh, so it's been a disaster. It was nice having a little, uh, a little oh. left side in the running back. I can tell you, uh, that pissed Kelly off something fierce last week. Uh, she also didn't know who that was, uh, just like you don't know, and he's on your team. Uh, and, and she was not pleased at all. Who is this guy? Is he a running back? It was, yeah, it was fun. What about you, Steve? Well, I want to, I'm going to answer that, but Derek, you bringing up Jordan Addison, I want to ask you guys something I hadn't thought about until you were talking about it, because we didn't go over what our answers were going to be. Four years ago, the Minnesota Vikings traded Stefan Diggs because they had a wide receiver. They wanted to go get a wide receiver in the draft who became Justin Jefferson, like mm-hmm. in the salary cap era. And Justin Jefferson hasn't signed his new contract yet. If you guys are right, and this was the coming out party for Jordan Addison, would you contemplate trading Jefferson for what it could haul back? Or do you kind of, you don't you you take the 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 bird in hand. Two two things. One, how awesome! I, I mean, you want to make a Super Bowl, get two All Star wide receivers. You have no running game anymore because you let Dalvin Cook go, and Madison has proven that he cannot carry it. Two, are you really going to trade away Jordan Je- uh, Jordan Justin Jefferson after one good game from Addison at this point? Uh, I mean, as a Minnesota fan, I would be pissed yes i'm hopeful but i need to see more okay Uh, yeah i think i think jefferson might be one of those guys that comes around once a decade and just has the potential to to be one of the greatest receivers of all time so i think you you pay what you got to pay and you uh you ride him to the end what are you going to do alex with jordan addison yeah no, <laughs> Justin. <laughs> well, both. I was gonna say, what would I do? I would keep Justin Jefferson because if I was on the Vikings head staff, I'd be like, okay, squad. Because what's their record right now? Uh, crap and crap. Three and, and four. four. Just oh. Three and four. That's not bad at all. So, okay, guys, we are in the worst division in the NFL, and the people who are on front just played the worst game I've ever seen in my life. That's five wins we might potentially have. So, if you add that five wins, they're eight and four, right? Sure, yeah. we'll go with that. I don't know I how mean, many division games they've played yet, so I'm pretty sure they only played one against the Bears. No, they played one against Green Bay too. Yeah. So it's still four more games. Like, 
you can't, you don't give up on a season, especially in our division. No. I think take the chance. Anything stick out, stick out to you there, Steve, then? Um, we're going to talk about him a little bit later, but Josh Downs has my attention out in Indiana. Indiana uh, Over the last three weeks, I think it's averaging five catches, a little over 110 yards, and a touchdown, or two touchdowns in three games. So if he has another good game, that's going to be the entire month of October. He has had he has done pretty well. He's another one of these guys. I'm snake bitten on. The size thing has been a concern for me, but but my word, four weeks for a rookie. Um, again, this has my attention. I'm not going to say anything past that. Alex, what about you? What what do you remember most from last week's games? What caught your attention? Oh, what remembered in general? Um, yeah, first thing that comes to mind. I left at the end of the first quarter to get Taco Bell during a Lions game, and I haven't done that in years. Yeah. It really bumped me out, but I still think they're a good team. I think that was just coached and prepared for very poorly. Um, Not going to lie, I kind of stopped watching after that because I was super sad. (laughs) I did finish the Lions game, though. So Lions fans, you know, I, I still believe in the boys. I'm not angry at them, you know. I'm still a fan. All right, last one. Uh, since this is Thursday and we've already gone through uh, waiver, we're not doing any priority pickups this week because uh, they've already happened. Uh, so we're going to play a different game called Keep Trade Cut. Um, I'm going to give each of you three uh, three players from somebody else's roster here on the show, and I want to tell you which player. Tell me which player you would keep, which player you would trade, and which player you just cut and get rid of. So. Um, Derek, let's give you Alex's, uh, Alex's, let's give you Steve's roster and I am going to give you, um, let's go Isaiah Pacheco, Michael Thomas and Romeo Dobbs. And this is me? No, this is for Derek. Okay. Oh boy. Um, uh, you got to cut Thomas. Um, I know Steve really likes Downs, but with him, it is possible that he has hit his high point early. So maybe with his stock rising, you could get some good trade value. And then really like Pacheco, I'd keep, I'd keep him. There you go. Awesome. Steve, we're going to give you Alex's roster. Three players from Alex's roster. Okay. Um, Joe Mixon. Jamison Williams. And Tyler Lockett. (laughs) Um, is it, is it, is the problem is you're like, you don't know which one you would cut first? Um, I'm testing something here. I think that you have to keep Joe Mixon. Um, he is one of the few lead backs and he's on a high octane offense. Um, so I don't, I think you have to keep him. I think you trade Tyler Lockett. I think he, I've been listening and reading a bit about Tyler Lockett this past week, and the metrics say that this the down the decline has begun. It's not just the numbers are down. This is kind of um, he's at 31. This is the age when it starts to happen for wide receivers, and his run is starting 
to come down. But it, uh, I think there might be one or two people who see the boom-bust games and might be willing to take a chance. Gosh dang it, I want to believe in Jamison Williams, but we're again, we're going to talk about it later. I think he's got like six catches on 21 targets in his NFL career, which I don't even know how is possible. It just I, – I, so – Fare thee well, my friend. All right. Uh, Alex, we'll give you three players from Derek's roster. Um, I'm going to go Christian Watson, uh, Zay Flowers, and Jalen Waddell. And I I know that's going to be a little uh, difficult, but I don't care. Um, what What were the first two? Christian Watson. Yep. Zay Flowers. And Jalen Waddle. I would marry Jalen Waddle. <laughs> I would kiss Christian Watson. And, I and would, you would, I would kill? Yeah. That's what we're doing, right? <laughs> Absolutely it is. I yeah, love that's it. A great twist. Like, I just, Jalen Waddle is a really fast guy, and I think that'd be nice. Anyway. Um, and I'd get to move to Miami. Ooh. I, I think you sold me on that one. Yeah, Florida's the best place to live, from what I can see. Um, <laughs> I mean, I would keep Jalen Waddle. I would trade Dave Flowers. And I would cut Christian Watson. How's that go? Yeah, that works. Hey, Slipper, did I do it in the right order? He says yes. I'd kill Watson. (laughs) (laughs) Destroyed my season. First pick I've made in years. All right, so before I I ask you if you got a a one-on-one for us, or one-for-one for for us here, Alex, um, I just wanted to ask, how were those breadsticks? Oh, my gosh, Lucas, let me tell you, when they finally showed up, top tier. But Olive Garden was not on their A game tonight, you know what? I'm not going to lie. I went there with the the purpose of talking to the manager, trying to get a sponsorship for our wonderful show. Took them 20 minutes before they came over, you know, and also they politely, politely declined, so... That was upsetting. Then I asked well, if I could at least have free breadsticks, and they said no. It's yeah, included in the price of the meal. Did, did you feel like family? No, I felt I felt like a like a third cousin at best. Uh, well, you know, it it, it kind of matches with the motif of the show. So uh, thank you for trying. Uh, oh, you're but you know, it's okay. We'll 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 try somebody else next time. Okay. Any any one for one for us this week? Yeah, you ready? Yeah, let's go. Bam, 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 down. Okay, Steve. Yeah. Mary kiss kill. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we got Andy Reid. Okay. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go. Who's the coach of the uh, uh what's his name? Jets old coach Rex Ryan. Oh my. Andy Reid, Rex Ryan, and Romeo Cornell. Romeo Cornell, perfect. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess I'm marrying Andy Reid 
because he's probably got the most money. Yeah. And kissing Romeo Cornell because I get the sense he's probably been he probably is all right in that area. Mm-hmm. And I'm 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 murdering. <laughs> <laughs> I need to do some community service. <laughs> good. That was good. Sorry, I didn't have a one for one. I was very distracted by Olive Garden. But I did want to ask that. I've been thinking about it for the past 10 minutes. That's <laughs> fit very well. Thank you very much. Why check this out? <laughs> oh, that was Alex is trying his best at one for one. <laughs> All right. Actually, it was good that Steve didn't have like a quick answer to that. I think it's like one of those questions that, you know, the more you hesitate, the more you're reluctant, more reluctant you are, the the better you come out looking. So well done, well handled, Steve. Hey, oh, thank you. Mary Andy Reed, uh, kiss Romeo Cornell. I was the same thing as Steve. He nailed it. Yeah. Yeah, he got it right. <laughs> that was the, that was correct. That was the, it was a right and wrong answer. Thank you. You're welcome. It is good to be known. It happened. Yeah, way to think that through. I'm just surprised uh, Steve put this on record for the Internet for all time. So very proud of you, sir. Uh, You're growing up. Or would you put that in any other order? No, I think that's right, actually. Yes. That's the correct answer. Yep. If anything, Steve knows his football. There you go. All right. Nice segue. <laughs> now for one of life's great mysteries. It's the power, Jenkins. All right, guys, let's have some fun, but we're going to reset, uh, remind everybody where we were at last week, and then we'll get into where we think everybody is now. So last week, Pam's dominance was still on display. He was one. Bobber, two. Junior, three. Xander, you were four. Matt, five. I was six. Your lovely Mrs. Lucas was seven. You were eight. Derek, nine. Carly, nowhere to go but up. So let's start out. Number ten. Carly. I have to remind myself how it even went, but yes, I will go Carly for sake of time. Yes. Uh, you said nowhere to go but up, but not this week. Carly at 10. We're off to a bang, gentlemen. Carly is 10. Lucas, you tracked this. How long has she been riding this spot? Uh, this will be the fifth week in a row. Uh, okay. So, Derek, I am a believer that you have to do something because – even if you make a roster move that blows up in your face, what are you going to do? Do worse than one and six or one and five? So um, shoot me a better one if you have, but I got to start thinking here. What would, what do you think? Carly sends a trade idea for you here. Carly sends Travis Kelsey to Kelly or Garrett Wilson and Derek Henry. Uh, I like the idea if you're in a big hole to do a two for one deal like that to just kind of, broaden the roster, a little more versatility. So um, I don't have a better one, but uh, I, I would approve that. I would try to make that happen. All right. Yeah, I think there can be some more looking around and finding it, but I, you hit at it. It's the premise. I think you just need to get 
two guys who can do something for you, um, and you're going to have to give to gifts. So that is something um, I would be looking at. Oh, hey, real quick, can I can I sidetrack us? I, I was listening to something on a podcast that happened in the Fantasy League, and I just – I can be quick, but I just want to get your guys' opinion on it. I, it's your show, man. Take I it. Mean, I guess, but this is a very serious <laughs> podcast. We, we have a schedule to stick to. Touche. <laughs> 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 All right. So here's the premise. It, it's a dynasty league, and I think you guys get it. Lucas gets it because he's in one Derek Alex, your smart guys track. The basic idea is your roster is your roster, and your only additions are anybody you trade for, some scrub you can find on the free agent wire and the un- upcoming draft class. So anyways, so here's the premise. So I will try to move this to from player A to player B to actually people to kind of give us some context. So the example preamble aside is this. Lucas, you're the commissioner of the league. You have four first-round picks in the upcoming draft. One of those picks is Derek's. Derek, so you have no first-round pick. You're not a very good team, but you don't – if you do bad, you're not going to reap the benefit of a good draft pick. So you are invested in doing really – you're still trying to make the best of your situation. Lucas reaches out to you, and he says, hey – it's not going to be year to year, so let's do this. Maybe you lay off a little bit, and I will trade you one of those first-round draft picks back. I think we can agree that that is not okay, but beyond that, what sanctions do you think should happen for a trade like that? A first-round pick for nothing? I suppose you would probably do something like, Lucas, you might say to him, just give me the crappiest player on your roster so we can actually have an exchange here. So you're not trying at all to hide what you're doing? Nope, because you got busted. And I'm sorry, I don't know how in real life how in this league it came to light, but for our situation, yes, it's not being hidden what you're doing. This is why we have the rule we have in our league of a 60% no vote to reject a trade uh, to prevent this kind of stuff from happening. In our Dynasty League, a trade goes in and it's done. Um. So as a commissioner, first and foremost, I'm going to set up a league that removes me from it. I don't want to make any decision like that or police grown men who are acting like children. (laughs) So I'm going to put controls in place to prevent people from colluding and being stupid. So you would leave it in Dynasty, you'd leave it to a vote, ergo, and everybody in the Dynasty League would be like, well, this is a nonsense trade, so we're going to kibosh it. Yes. Um, you know, it, I guess it depends on the relationship with the players you have in the league as well. Um, if I am a commissioner of a league of people I don't know, and the vast majority of the league is up in arms saying, what the heck is this? This is not right. Uh, I could make a commission call and say, yep, I agree with you, and I could kibosh it and give it back and block the trade. And I don't care if those two people leave or not or get pissed at me. So, um, But in a league with people you know, then you have real conversations with real humans, and cooler heads always prevail. So, I, I would say you have to have pretty strong sanctions for any corruption, regardless of whether uh, it, uh, it, it goes through or not. So, I don't know, a year suspension or force them to, to give their team 
over to someone else who's not very invested in fantasy for a year. Or, uh, I don't know. But, yeah, strong sanctions is what I would vote for. Interesting. <laughs> I would put it on for a league vote, and if it was found there to be any form of collusion proven either through texts or I'm assuming we could find a private investigator to really get the details. And if it turns out that's true, I'd make them both eat a spicy hot dog. So. <laughs> on the on the sideline during the game, right? Like a really <laughs> spicy one. I'm not talking like a little spicy, like it's going to hurt, you know? <laughs> I can't top that. That's just yeah, I, I like Alex's better idea better than mine. <laughs> Number nine. Um, boy, I don't know. Dark not only won, but he won big. Oh, and I lost. It's me. I'm gonna say Lucas. Lucas. But only because I want to encourage him by accepting his ideas. How dare you! <laughs> I was waiting for one of those. All right. Well, nobody's gonna bowl the perfect game today. Ah, oh, that's right. These don't make sense. Derek, congratu- congratulations yeah. on your really big win and and staying at number nine. <laughs> I'm gonna say Kelly. Uh, no, Derek was nine, stays nine, currently seventh. I'm sorry, was let's do this whole thing again. In the Jenkins, was nine, stays nine. However, has better fate on ESPN, where you are currently seventh. So. You talked earlier, Derek, about kind of like maybe my sixth stab at the running back position is gonna is gonna hold, but I want to ask about one of your other guys, like Amari DeMarcado. Um, not a bad week five with eleven touches, um, averaged about five yards a touch with that. Uh, just totally falls off the cliff in week six with two touches, and then seventeen touches again last week with uh, again good performance with the opportunity. So. Who is the real Amari DiMarcado while James Conner is out? Uh, I think it depends if I start him or not. If I start him, I expect very few touches uh, because when I, I could was one of those where I uh, I picked him and then had high hopes because he had you know yeah eleven ten carries and then uh, he gave me nothing. He was seemed like he was like not only. Not their, he was their third option, and then somehow he got put back as their number one option in the backfield. So um, I, I don't trust that this increase in volume is here to stay. I think it's going to continue to fluctuate. Um, I'm actually su- surprised I still have him on my roster because I came really close to parting ways with him after that uh, week of only a few carries. But, um, I mean, compared to the other running backs I have, it's – it's good to have him as an option for now, but uh, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to hold. It's going to fluctuate. I'm going to route it all back to Jonathan Gannon being a moron. Like, is anyone listening <laughs> yeah. to the guy talk? No. Guess I'm not missing much. If, if you want to feel better about yourself as a human, feel that's <laughs> what I would do. Like, he did a press conference and like he was just making stuff up. Like he was talking about <laughs> where they ranked. Like, statistically, uh, for anyone who doesn't know, he came from Philadelphia as their 
defensive coordinator and got hired after like they gave up 50 points to Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. And he was talking about how like at one point they were first in the league by a, a wide margin in sacks and doing some other things. And like they fact checked it and none of what he said was true. So I just, <laughs> uh, hey, he's got a future as a politician probably. Yeah, you're not wrong. Number eight. All right, pressure's off, guys. Who we got? Lucas. Yeah, Lucas. Uh, but Kelly lost too, and the drinkings don't make sense. And if the pressure's off, I'm going Kelly. <laughs> uh, was eight stays eight? Lucas eighth in the drinkings, ninth on ESPN. How dare you! I, I know. I hear that frequently, particularly today. Alex, Josh Downs, you might have missed this part of the conversation. Josh Downs has averaged five catches for 113 yards and nearly a touchdown a game over the last three weeks. If he has a similar stat line this week, you would rank him as wide receiver what for the rest of the season? I mean, if I know he's going to do that every week? From the, or if he does, if he does that, that this week, for a fourth week in a row, like where would you move him? Where would you view him rest of season? Nine. I'll be specific. Yep. <laughs> hey, I have him on my roster. That's why you're talking about him. Yep. Yeah, because you're number eight. Oh, I'm smart. And he'd be number nine. I could I could have a starting wide receiver core. Of Puka Nakua, Adam Thielen, and Josh Downs, all waiver wire fines. Yeah. I mean, in all seriousness, it's why we, it's why the draft doesn't determine where you're going to finish the year. I mean, let's, one of the things we're going to do in a couple of weeks is we're going to re-audit the first round of the draft and just, I mean, the first round, I think at this point is more hit than miss. Shall or be more fun. than hit. More miss than hit, yeah. It'll be fun. Number seven. Kelly. Oh, wait. (laughs) Yeah, Kelly. Was seven, what's seven words apparently? Was seven, stays seven. Kelly, and I believe Kelly is, oh, Kelly lost, so she fell down to eighth on ESPN. So Derek, let me let me ask you. America's quarterback Dak Prescott, currently quarterback twenty-two, uh, this year in his six-game sample size, we've only got one game with multiple touchdowns, and he hasn't cracked one hundred and sixty yards in two of the six games. Uh, is this something that merely has your attention, or do we do we have a full-on problem right now with Dak Prescott? Oh, I think it's a full-on problem for fantasy football. I think it's a full-on problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think he's a, he's just right now just kind of a run-of-the-mill quarterback. I, I think that, you know, he never quite went to that next level. He, he, you know, was kind of a tier two guy for a while, it feels like. And there's been, uh, you know, uh, kind of a decline, and I think this is the new norm, so I, I am not buying on Prescott. Well, let me ask y'all. I think, I think it's a spot-on assessment. Let me ask y'all. Like, uh, Kelly's roster is 
Dak Prescott and Brock Purdy. I think there is some degree of matchup dependence on here, but at a baseline, who, who would you play consistently? This is one of those tough situations in which you can't drop either of them because there's nobody better on the waiver wire. <laughs> Desmond Ritter. <laughs> you, can't drop, you can't drop either because there's nobody. Uh, but you're right. It's matchup dependent. It's up and down. It's You can make a smart decision and they just screw it up. There's injuries. I mean, it's it's really a no-win situation. It's really a tough, tough question. I can't find the Ritter highlight reel on YouTube. I don't, I don't think that speaks well for him. There's a three-minute clip of his rookie highlights, so we only had three minutes of highlights from last season, just to say. Hey, the highlight is the scoreboard, 16-13 Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, touche. <laughs> Number six. Matt. Yeah, I'll say Matt. I'm sorry, who was six last week? Me. Steve. Okay, then I'll say Matt. No. Ah, sweet. Sweet irony. It stays Steve. No. No? Oh, no. I, th- I thought your rankings let you down, and I was going to be so happy. <laughs> oh, maybe. Alex? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have our first movement from last week. This, this week, Alex was four, falls to six. Um, How so six. dare you? <laughs> That's a well-deserved how dare you. I won last week. You did it with a good score, too. Congratulations on your two-spot fall. <laughs> Currently fourth on ESPN and sixth in the Jenkins. Um Derek, Jameson Williams. Four catches on 12 targets this year, two catches on nine targets last year. If I know how to do math, that tells me six catches out of 21 tries. Do we have a bigger bust than Charles Rogers? But how many touchdowns did he get on those catches? I mean, I, I'm always reluctant to, you know, speak ill of a, of a Detroit Lion, but um, I think I kind of got lost at that meal that he had with the, was it the Cheetos and the Con, Con Queso that, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tested that, Derek. It was good. I, I, I know you tested it. Yes, that was very entertaining, but uh, I didn't. Still not quite buying it. Um, I, I don't know as much as Charles Rogers, but um, I think we really need to see because we still don't have a big sample size, so it's not looking good. It's just it's hard to make a final judgment on that right now. So I wouldn't say he's that big of a bust yet, but we definitely are going to need to see. Um, a lot from him the second half of the season as we're approaching that. I have a question for you. That really good touchdown catch that he had, you know, that, that Alex reminded of us, uh, they're playing a team that looked a lot like Cheetos and Queso that day. I wonder <laughs> if there's any sort of relevance there. I'm not knocking those unis. Those unis are the best. Tampa Bay, you need to go back to those. 
<laughs> Number five. Well, it's not Steve. Uh, it's Matt. I'm going to say Matt. Was six moves up a spot to five. That is me. Fifth in the Jenkins, third on ESPN. And first in our hearts. Well, that's Alex. But uh, I'll, I'll take the honorary mention. Lucas, let me ask, like kind of a casualty of my team as we have become much more dependent on our IDPs. Unfortunately, I was both the first person to draft an IDP in our draft, and he is severely underperforming. Is it time to move on from Nick Bosa and his two and a half sacks in seven games, or do we trust the process and assume the rally is coming? Um, let me phrase my answer this way. In our other league, I noticed that whoever had Nick Bosa dropped them today, and I'm like, what the heck? They're not on a buy." And I went to go grab him and look at his stats, and I'm like, oh, now I see why. Um, he should have been gone two weeks ago. Uh, he's a great player, but uh, you've got a good body of work there. He could get good again, uh, but if you're looking to win, especially playing a good team, uh, you need to put somebody in there who has been consistently performing better. I, I don't know that you're wrong, but does anyone want to counter-argue? No. No. I don't like conflict. <laughs> when they didn't bring out the breadsticks, it did not get ugly. Yeah, there's a reason I was late. I thanked them for being late. <laughs> <laughs> you are America's sweetheart for a reason. Yeah. Number four. Uh, Matt. Wait. I'm going to say Matt until it's Matt. <laughs> you know, because he lost, so of course he goes up a spot. Yeah, we'll say Matt. Uh, I think I missed. Uh, I'll just say Matt, too. I'm, I'm lost. <laughs> Was five moves up to four, Matt. <laughs> Uh, currently sixth uh, with ESPN and number four with us. <laughs> so I, I, I did not know this would be this controversial. Um, Derek, three and four. Matt plays three and four. Derek, this week. Who needs one more? Uh, well, I do want to quickly say that it was so fun to win last week after a three-game losing streak. It was like I kind of forgot what that felt like to win this league, so... Um, Shut up. I, I, I think sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, I think my team is still kind of in a state of desperation. Um, it, it would be an upset if I beat Matt, and so um, I I can't get in any more of a hole. I can't get two couple games behind 500 at this point. So I think I uh, desperately need a win. Again, so I'll say me. I, I like your team, but I do think, Matt, I've just – I know I've been on the bandwagon by myself, but I think this is uh, 
I think this is the most dangerous team for Cam right now. So I think that, yeah, I think this would be a bad time to fall to three and five. And I think he's got a little more wiggle room if it happens. So we shall see. Hey, that makes one of us that likes our team. Number three. <laughs> Sorry, what was that last part? Uh, well, I, I apologize for cutting off the music. I tried to learn for the last time not to do that, but I was saying uh, uh, one of us likes my team. So. Number, I don't, oh, I'm, I'm jumping to number three. <laughs> Brandon Staley needs to be fired, and just, they need a coach who isn't a moron, and I think we can get Justin Herbert back on track. Number three. <laughs> um, I am going to say Bob just because I want to see how much it pains you to put Junior up at two again. <laughs> I say Bob. I'll say Junior. Alex says Bob. He does not like to stay still. Was two, takes one step back to number three. Bobby currently fourth on ES. No, that is not right. Currently second on ESPN. Currently third in the Jankings. Lucas, Bobby's currently choosing to start Nico Collins and Brandon Ayuk over Chris Olave. We have known from history that Bobby and I just tend to think polar opposites when it comes to fantasy football. So, this is very surprising to me. Is this surprising to you? Um, no. Um, we've talked about how much we love Derek Carr. Um, Brandon Ayuk is the better wide receiver even when Debo is healthy this year. And Nico, um, I know I've been following him a little bit more because I have him in Dynasty. And he has taken over the number one role there and has shined. So um, I am not surprised at all. Okay. Stunned, stunned silence, folks. Yeah, it legit is. Here, here comes the next stunned silence. Are you ready? Number two. Now I want to see your face when you put Junior at one. I say it's Cam. Ugh. Yeah, I said Cam. I said Cam too. So yeah, let's sit, let's do it, Cam. No. Oh. <laughs> Was three moves up a spot. The team that I think is fraudulent is going to die on the mountain of proving me wrong. Junior is currently second. And currently, he is fourth on ESPN. So we shall see. All right. But the question I have about Junior's team is Alex. Yeah, Kirk Cousins is currently quarterback three on the year. Will yep. he still be close to that after road games at Atlanta and Green Bay over the next two weeks? No, I think it'll fall to five or six. But I still think it'll still do a solid appearance, but I don't think he's going to have the games that he had. But I could be wrong. I think he's a good quarterback. Do you not approve of that answer? No, I just, sorry, my silence was I want to give anybody else, you know, I ask you first, but if anyone else has an opinion, I want to kind of give them some room to go. But, uh, you know what? Lucas, well, even in Kirkles. <laughs> yeah. Someone has to. It, is Alex's list of the quarterbacks that he doesn't like, is there anyone other than Aaron Rodgers, who, who is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but that's neither here nor there, but I, 
Is there anyone else on the list, Alex, if I can ask? I hated I hated having Ben Roethlisberger. I've had to do that a couple times. And Matt Castle. Hmm. Those are the three I can think of right now, but those are the big three. So two Hall of Famers and one uh, journeyman quarterback. Kind of. <laughs> hey, a Hall of Famer does not make you a good no, person. it doesn't. <laughs> that is a good point. Number one. Cam, I love you, but I really wanted to see his face if it was Junior. So congratulations on your loss and staying number one. Cam it is. Yep. Cam was one, stays one, both number one on ESPN and the Jenkins. Alexander, MSU's own Kenneth Walker not practicing Wednesday or Thursday due to a calf injury. Even if he suits up and plays this weekend, is he still starting or is he the odd man out with Jonathan Taylor in your lineup? Or is Jonathan Taylor as an option on the bench? I would try it, Jonathan. I would try something else, especially a hamstring injury during practice. It's going to be difficult, so I would like be afraid of it. Um, I mean, they have someone to share the back with, though, in, in uh, Seattle, too, don't they? Yeah, I think that uh, Zach Charbonnet has been pretty much a solid um, number two. I don't think – but even if they're splitting it, I'm assuming they're going to lower the amount of carries for him because he's pretty valuable, and it's not like you want to have like super interim halfway through the season. So, All right, so you would put Jonathan Taylor in? I would, even if they say he's going to play. I think I think Walker is at the point now where if he plays, you play him. He's one of those players. Uh, even if he's a little dinged up. I'd agree with that. Why? Well, I think my pause is this is the only team I think I could ask that question of because if he benches in, his options are Jonathan Taylor and Raheem Mostert. Like, I mean, Raheem Mostert's made of glass, so he'll probably break soon. But, like, these are guys who have a lot of – who even have a lot of faith in. So uh, I do get why you would – say Kenneth Walker's a plug-and-play, but I could also get with this roster why you may just play it safe. But Lucas may be just running, you know, trying to to run some propaganda as he and Cam are currently in the middle of quite a little fist fight in their game. Uh, We are? I don't know. Uh, The projection is doing really well. And Mike Um, Evans is not, so they're leveling that off a bit. Yeah, I suppose. All right, guys, let's go ahead and get into the projections for the week at hand. Um, I keep telling you guys I'm going to give you kind of the up and more wrap, but I'm not going to do it tonight because we've had a good show that's run long, and I want to be able to talk more in long form when we finally get to it. So preamble aside again today, let's start with the Jankup of the week, and that is going to be two, Junior versus three, Bobbert. Alex, who do you have? Junior. Derek. Go, Bob. Lucas. Go get him, my son. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take Bobby. Let's see how it plays out. All right. Number one, Cam versus number eight, Senior. Derek, who do you have? Cam. Lucas. I'm going to save everybody the trouble. It's Cam. <laughs> it's Lucas. Alex, what do you think? You may already be losing by about 50 points, Lucas, but I'm going to say Cam. <laughs> Well played, sir. Well played. No, I'm going to say Lucas. Sorry, I'm going to say Lucas. Oh, no, no. 
Yeah, I'm gonna stick with Lucas. I meant to say Lucas. So even though he was my fifty points. We're Madden cursing you, sir. All right. <laughs> or Matt versus nine. Derek, where are you going, Lucas? Ooh. Um That's gonna be a close one. I'll I'll say Matt. How dare you? There we go. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm actually flattered you think it will be close. <laughs> Alexander. Derek. Derek. Matt. All right. Five, Steve versus ten, Carly. This feels like a week that I get to uh, six and two. Alex. Steve. Yay. Can't, or, <laughs> Derek. Steve. Lucas. Steve. Best day. It's just good to be known and loved. All right. Six, <laughs> Alex versus seven, Kelly. Artie, who do you have? I have uh, Alexander. Derek. Alex. Nice. Lucas. Yeah, I'll go Alex. Nice. Quite frankly, just because I want to hear him say it. Kelly. How dare you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any recommendations for the week from anybody? Spider-Man 2, the video game, is great. Um... That sounds like you had something, Derek. Yeah, I do. But is, it, is it the Google cut off the pro with uh, cut off the music for a second? No, uh, this is the music that plays underneath. You're all fine on this oh, one. Oh, Steve, have you really not seen Dumb and Dumber? Uh, I have seen the highlights, and I think I saw five minutes of it, and I'm in a van, and I'm like, I don't get it, and then I turned it off. I recommend you watch it, all of it, and then. I will watch it when Lucas watches Louder Milk. What's that? Thank you. Uh, the musical group Levon, they have opened up for Ario Speedwagon a couple of times and they are fantastic. Lucas, you got anything for us? Um, Founders Rubeus Raspberry L. Quite tasty. Oh, that's really good. All right, well, until next time, Alex, may your beer be cold, may your breadsticks be warm, and may you please say goodnight to Gracie. You know, funny enough, that was the name of the waitress at Olive Garden today, and she doesn't get a good night from me. (laughs) Oh, we're still recording. (laughs) Hey, I'm in season three of Louder.